to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rundle College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rundle experience. All right, welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. Today in, uh, in my office, I'm really fortunate to have two of our very talented elementary teachers with me, and we're going to talk about an interesting project that they've got going on called Project 2091, as in the year 2091, and uh, they've been working on it for weeks now with their students, and they're here to tell us all about it and share it with our community and uh, give us a little bit of information about um, a celebration that's coming up around this Project 2091. So I hope that piques your curiosity enough to keep listening. Uh, and without any further ado, I'd like to welcome uh, Taryn Noren. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to have you. Taryn's also an alumni and a past podcast guest, so yep. worth checking out. <laughs> so welcome back to the studio. Thank you. And uh, Mr. Ken Ishii, who's a first-time podcaster, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, welcome to the show. <laughs> We're all really excited to be able to start talking about um, some really important ideas for the future of education and I think that's why I was so excited to have the two of you here because I think some of what you're doing is really paving the way uh, for successful students in this next generation. So let's get right into it. Uh, Project 2091 uh, has been going on for a while but it's rooted deeply in this idea of design thinking. Um, now for our listeners out there who aren't in education or aren't familiar, familiar with design thinking, um, can one of you describe for me what the exact process is when we talk about design thinking as a, as a whole? Sure. Um, design, the design thinking process actually came out from, the model that we're using came out from the Stanford University D School. Right, totally. And that was based on, out of the Silicon Valley, yeah. the IDEO. Yeah. They came up with a way to come up with creative solutions totally. using a design cycle. What totally. they did was one of the first steps is to go through um, a stage called empathy. Love this. Yeah, <clears throat> totally. And so you try to empathize with a user right. of some sort. Right. And from there, you try to figure out what problem, problems might exist. Yep. And you start to identify a problem, which is the next stage, which is called define the problem. Right. And it's kind of curious because you don't exactly start with like problem and solution in design thinking you're really the empathy stage is oftentimes really uh, a lot of conversational right you know like interviews and living the experience yeah. and having a bit of an experience map with people to understand what the challenges might be exactly and, and the whole purpose is to try to find a need out there that's unmet right okay. and so Going through the empathy, you, you go through like interviews and you try to find the users and try to figure out exactly what they might be having problems with. Yep. And then you identify the unmet need. Yep. And you clearly define what the problem is. Cool. And the next stage is actually trying to ideate or iterate yep. on um, the problem. Right. Trying to figure out solutions. And this is the great part for the ed the educational part where yep. 
I think we're trying to promote what's called divergent thinking a little bit more in the educational sphere. Yeah, and that's huge in like innovation, entrepreneurial yeah. thinking. The divergent thinking seems to be everywhere uh, right. as we're looking at future ready skills. Yeah, because I think in um, traditional schools we have a quite a bit of focus on convergent thinking, which right. is you try to come up with a solution. Two plus two is four. Yeah, as opposed to divergent thinking is the opposite where. You try to come up with multiple solutions. Brainstorming is really yeah. what we're familiar with, that word. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think in just in our classrooms, we're not doing it as much as we could be. Right. Which promotes creativity. Right. Um, but yeah, and so that, that that's one of the most important stages, I think, cool. for schools. Um, after that, there's reflective pieces. They start making a prototype. But the prototype doesn't actually have to be a, an actual model of anything. Yeah. Right, right. It can be a plan. It can be um, posters or some kind of system that they redesigned. It yeah. doesn't have to be an actual prototype, which is known to be an object or something, usually. Still, like, it yeah. still can be pretty conceptual, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be physical or an actual application, but it'd be conceptual in the prototype stage still. Is that right. correct? Right. And okay. we're encouraging kids to, like get outside of the box in that area, mm-hmm. like think outside mm-hmm. of the box. And it's uh, this is kind of where we're starting to be actually in the next couple of weeks. And it's so fun to see them trying to be like, oh, you mean I can like do this or do that or this is yeah. okay. And so for our grade sixes, for example, they're all about democracy. And they're like, oh, well, could I write up a proposal to the government? And you're like, yes, that's totally a prototype. Yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. perfect. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, there's a lot of walls to break down because we are very traditional in our thinking problem solution concrete 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 you know mm-hmm. convergent versus yeah. divergent so okay so we're into prototyping we've done the prototyping yep. and, then and then there's the they call it the testing phase right but the testing phase can kind of go throughout it's the reflection piece where yep. you're kind of posing problems out or you're posing your ideas out mm-hmm. and you get some feedback on it so yep. that you can reiterate on it or or change some things or maybe you re- realize this prototype isn't going to work at all yep and, and that's an interesting thing about the design thinking process is that you can move backwards and forwards throughout mm-hmm. the model yes. based on the needs of whatever's happening and yeah. I, I think for the listeners if you're sitting at a computer or your phone just type in design thinking model in d school and it'll come up yeah. with a pretty clever little model that you can follow through uh, right. right away totally. so worth worth looking at while you're listening to us consider this process a little bit more yeah 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 and what what are the final stages here or is, it, is that the final stage testing is the final stage okay, and cool. that's kind of with our project 2091 that's uh that's where we're ending on cool we're trying to find users to get some feedback on what we've created cool and so we'll and and probably at that stage yeah i can't wait to i can't wait to hear more now about project 2991 i think just as we close out the design thinking process uh the some of the most famous you know, products resulted from design thinking came out of the IDEO labs, and those are things mm-hmm. like the AED defibrillator, the Node Chair, or probably most famously the Apple Mouse that was created mm-hmm. for Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. And all of that came straight out of that lab, and this idea mm-hmm. of uh, this model of design thinking, at least, came out of the IDEO lab. And it's interesting to watch us emulate that with our students at the Collette School and truly across campuses. We're seeing it many places at Rundle College, yeah. and uh, really quite exciting. So. I have a broader question, and then we're going to get to right to 2091, but I'm curious as to, you know, why the two of you think that this is the future 
of education, why this is an important component of the future of education? Well, Ken and I, like, I've had quite a few conversations about all of this, and a lot of it comes out of, it's. it started kind of out of two ideas, which was um, the Alberta competencies right. are all about collaboration, communication, problem solving, and, um, and we were finding that there's not a lot of easy opportunities to just make those happen. Exactly. And so, out of our need for that, and then our need for having creative confidence, like kids, right. you know, we've really lost our ability to just be creative. Yeah. Um, and I had read an article actually from NASA mm-hmm. that they no longer, or when they're hiring people, one of the questions they ask is, what did you play like as a child? Right. How did you play as a child? Right. And because it's telling them so much about whether you can work with people, whether you're creative, whether you come up with multiple ways of doing things. Um, versus, you know, knowledge, like, yeah. do you know how to do this or that or use this program? Well, I mean, you can YouTube or Google just about anything nowadays. So it's totally. not about the knowledge. Totally. It's how do we take this knowledge and actually do something with it? Love it. And so that was the conversation that Ken and I really started having about, like, what can we do at the school? <laughs> it was like, a, how might we <laughs> our yeah. own design to create the cool. design process right. um, on how can we get kids to use their leadership skills, to use their collaboration skills, and then to start problem solving and be okay with that ambiguity right. of like, we don't know what the end goal is. We don't know where we're going and it's kind of scary, but we can come up with creative solutions on how to how to solve that. And hopefully through that process, you know, they'll gain a lot of confidence in a lot of different areas that they'll be able to use everywhere yeah. and outside of school and outside of just like two plus two is four. Like totally. how far can mm-hmm. we take it? Totally. Yeah. And I think uh, there's two ideas when you're talking, Taryn, about this is like one is, uh, we talk a little bit about failing forward. Mm-hmm. And like, as I see the design model, it is built in like failing forward and backwards throughout <laughs> the model to yeah. come up with something. I think that's huge. And another one that's come to me recently is this idea of anti-fragility. And as we continue to you know, beat up ideas, hopefully if we're beating them up in the right way, they are getting better and better and better. And as a result, uh, really good ideas and really good systems, which I think you guys are developing, are uh, anti-fragile. And I think... You know, a couple of books. There's one called Anti-Fragile, another is called The Coddling of the American Mind, which goes really into mm-hmm. this idea of anti-fragility. And so that's a couple couple things to check out if, if you want to read uh, some more on, on this stuff. And also there's a you know Change by Design by Tim Brown and Creative Confidence are two really good books on this topic of design thinking totally. in particular, mm-hmm. which people could pick up and, and have a look at. Yeah. There's a lot of work behind it. It's very cool. Um, okay, now I'm excited. We've talked for a little bit about the foundation. We've talked about why we would do this, but now let's talk about exactly Project 2091. You know, you're both brand new to Rundle College for the most part, but you've both jumped in with this. It's an enormous project. It's a huge undertaking. (laughs) It Um, is crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. And so uh, let's take people through what is Project 2091. What is it? Just tell me about it. So we started out, Project 2091, we started out with trying to think of a way to get kids to go through a design process. Yeah. And we kind of went, we taught, discussed, um, so, uh, we needed a question that was overarching that yeah. reached all the grade levels. Yeah. So grade four, five, six. Yeah. Grade four, yeah, five, exactly. six. And so, and open enough that we get a variety of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And so we came up with a question. Uh, the overarching question for the project is how might we mitigate human impacts? on the environment in Alberta. Right. Awesome. If you look carefully at it, it's qu- quite a bit of stuff in one yep. 
question. It's huge. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, and so that's that's where the question came out. Project twenty ninety one because it was environment based. Yeah. That actually came. Uh, uh, Mr. Ron Clark, our principal, yeah, came yeah. up with that. Cool. Where he took 2019 yeah. and flipped the one in the nine. Awesome. Because totally. it's a project Clever. about our future. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. And I think um, what's interesting about the question is it's asking kids to project well into the future and think about their daily impact, but also how could it how could create a, a problem way down the line. Uh, but one thing you just touched on, Ken, is uh, we at Rundle College have grade four classes and have grade five classes and have grade six classes, but we don't have a grade four, five, six split class. No. Um, in effect, what you guys have done here is you've gone and created project groups involved grade four, fives, and sixes in the same group. Is that, yes. is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so it's cross, with the idea was we, we use the words cross-curricular and cross-grade. Yeah. So we wanted them to be, we wanted a grade four, five, and six student as much as possible in every single group. Um, the thinking behind that was you know, it's such a big question, and we wanted the grade sixes to have an opportunity to take on leadership roles, but we also wanted the ideas and the creativity from grade four and five and the knowledge that they're building right now um, to kind of all come together. And the beautiful thing of the cross-curricular is because the different grades are learning about different um, such different things, but similar things, they're really able to use those. So mm -hmm. like I mentioned before, the yeah, grade six cool. is doing democracy. The grade four is learning about Alberta. Yeah. The grade five is doing waste in our, or that's grade four is doing waste in our world. Mm -hmm. um, but they're able to combine all of those being like, oh, well, I'm learning about this. And they're like, oh, well, we just learned that you can do petitions. So why don't we take that idea and make a petition about it? And, you know, and, and seeing that collaboration from like taking their learning and applying it to this project throughout the project has just been really fantastic. And the best part too, is that we've actually, I mean, Rundle already has small class sizes. We're mm -hmm. only at 14, mm -hmm. but we've actually made the groups even smaller because our administration has also taken on groups. Very cool. Yeah. Very and cool. so we have, I only have um, 10 kids that I'm working with and, and that's pretty typical of how mm -hmm. we've been able to reduce it. So, you know, these kids are working in groups of three or four. They have a teacher who's right there with them who, you know, you can move from just group to group to group, helping them facilitate this process. You know, we really, we talk to teachers a lot about um, about that beforehand, being yep. facilitators rather than teachers. Totally. Um, totally. So, yeah, it's been really exciting to see that come, and, come about. And what's really cool, like, I think this whole project was like really rooted in design methodology from the very beginning because as we think about design projects we want to bring together a different expertise and worldviews into the project mm -hmm. and so it's oftentimes you'll see people try and solve a problem with an engineer on board with somebody who's involved in business maybe an artist yeah maybe somebody from a totally maybe a comedian you know like yeah. a group of people who have multiple perspectives and skills and talents and bring it to it and you've done the same thing by having grade four or fives and sixes and incorporating all the subject areas it's it's pretty magical really very cool yeah um there's probably a couple teachers out there listening to this saying like well that's all fine and good but it sounds like it's taking an awful lot of curriculum time uh how are you qualifying losing that curriculum time to this project or are they wrong? Is it not taking that much curriculum time? 
How would you respond to somebody who's thinking and listening with a critical ear to this? Well, we we actually, because we had to do that for our own staff, so one of the things we talked a lot about, as I mentioned before, is that Alberta competencies. This mm-hmm. is a part of the curriculum. It's yeah. just a different section yeah. that's a lot less tangible. Mm-hmm. So some of the times it just gets missed entirely. So in mm-hmm. this case, we're actually being able to defend it in the sense that we are doing exactly what the curriculum is doing we're just hitting those more like overarching umbrella kind of ideas mm-hmm. rather than the bullet points that are in the curriculum yeah um so that's one thing that that we've talked about i think yeah it's we i think it's how how you what part of the education system you're value valuing yeah and what we've kind of tried to bring to the forefront are the the skills or what they're calling the student competencies right and so i think that's how we um came came to this idea is yeah. that we are losing time in yeah. our classrooms our traditional setting we're not giving the quizzes when we usually were yeah and we're not uh, going through all the knowledge-based things on the whiteboard yeah but we are emphasizing collaboration communication critical thinking <laughs> being a global citizen yeah. and all those it's huge those it's huge. competencies yeah and so, I was, we've seen some big, sorry, we've seen yeah, some big, like, connections happening between, like, you know, sometimes when students learn a bullet point but then don't apply it, it just gets lost anyway. Yeah, and so yeah. we've had some beautiful moments of kids being like, oh, Alberta doesn't have any oceans next to it. And you're like, good, great, yes, 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 yes exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that might seem like one of those weird things, like, they, they should know that and stuff. But... You, they've if they've lived in Calgary their whole life, how are they supposed to visualize that or conceptualize it? So, totally. you know, through this project, we've had some beautiful moments, especially greenhouse gases has been a big one that yeah. kids have talked Clarifying about. Yeah. some misunderstandings. Totally. Even totally. the idea of, like, the glaciers melting when, yeah. when it was uh, surprising because they spent some time in Grade 4 to learn about glaciers. And, yeah. Um, global warming is yeah. an issue, and um, it was, yeah, kind of... Surprising that they didn't realize that glaciers, it wasn't because the animals around the glaciers are dying because yeah, they're yeah, shrinking, but yeah. really it's more of a sign of the global warming. Crazy, yeah. And so it was a, there's a lot of clarification happening. Love that. It's real world learning Yeah, what's happening. It's real world mm-hmm. learning. I think yeah. that's very cool. Um, now, again, I'm a teacher who knows nothing about how this is going. How much time are you spending on this? Like, tell me the... the nitty-gritty the The, nitty-gritty get me to the detail we spend um two periods we have six periods a week and we're um some schools do like a six-day schedule or anything we're on a fixed five-day schedule six seven blocks a day sorry two of those blocks every week we spend for for our project um we vary where the periods are they're always together but we vary where they are in the week and what day they are just so that not the same some of our specialists yeah exactly yeah Um, and we've been really flexible. Ken and I have empathized with our teachers almost every week to see where people are at. We've sometimes we've added blocks, sometimes we've taken away blocks, um, depending on where everybody yeah. is at. And so, mm-hmm. you know, remaining flexible has helped a lot. But for the most part, we've pretty much done two blocks a week from January until uh, mid-April. Cool. In total, it's about 13 weeks. Yeah. Which is a very long time. It is. Like, it totally to sustain is. their attention. Yeah. Yeah, and this has been a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, but I mean, you it, like it, this is a design process in its own right. Like you're going to learn from it and exactly. definitely, you know, make adjustments in your next yeah. iteration or ideation of of the project, and um, that's all part of it. I think that's right. all part exactly. of design based research. Frankly, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, okay, so now we know 
what the project is. We know all the basics. Let's close out with, um, I have a question because I think, first of all, when is your, when's the reveal? Yeah, the exhibition. So we're having an exhibition. It's the final stage, uh, the testing phase. Yeah. Um, in eight, on April 17th, it's a Thursday. At 6.30. 6.30. 6.30 to 8. And everybody's welcome. Everybody's yes. welcome. Actually, the more the more people we have, like we said, we, we want a variety of people because yeah. the more people who can uh, be there to help the kids give them feedback, the better. Because we want the real more, users. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cool. And I think you know some of the concern with like design thinking or design projects like this are people are going to come in and they're going to want to see... You know, I use an example of a science fair where there's a volcano and the lava is flowing and that's like a, a wicked science fair project because you can see it working. It's 100% perfect. It's ready to go. That's product right mm-hmm. there. Um, but the process getting there is something altogether different. So in a science fair, more often than not, the product is more important than the process. My question around the design you know, symposium you're going to have, what do you value more? Do you value the process? And is that what we're celebrating? Or are we celebrating the product? We're so happy that you brought that up, actually. <laughs> um, we swear we didn't pay him to say that. Uh, but the it's the process because yeah. the whole point of design thinking is it's cyclical. It goes around and around and around and around. And so the process the, is the important part because the product shouldn't be perfect. The whole mm-hmm. point is we don't want it to be perfect because there should be room to change something. Right. If you've got the perfect product, well, then you better copyright it real quick and get it out there. Totally. Um, and if you look at some of the products that have been redesigned, like you brought up the Apple Mouse, that was like its 18th ideation. Like For it sure. had gone over and over. So. Because we've, this is the first time the kids have ever done this, it's the first time they've gone through the process and they've only gone through the process once, um, we're focusing on the fact that they have gone through this process. And so people maybe need to be prepared for, they're not going to see the volcano, right. they might see a whole bunch of messy drawings. Right, exactly. And exactly. we are proud, as their teachers, we're proud of that. Like that's, that's awesome. what we, we want to yeah. see. Yeah. You'll yeah. see a lot of creativity. Yeah. You'll see lots of. Sticky notes. Strange ideas, <laughs> yeah. but really good ideas, yeah. but also some ideas that are, that are way out way there. Way out there, totally. But they often say like some of the best ideas that come about are the ones that are way out there yeah. that people yeah. don't think about. And so we might actually see an idea they hear that actually might get iterated in the real world one day. Totally. Hopefully. So it would be fair to say we want our community to come together and our external community to come together. Um, be curious, just like our value would say, and embrace the ambiguity that comes with that creativity and curiosity in the design thinking process and celebrate with our kids as they, you know, prepare to fail totally. in some respects. Yes. yes. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I'm really proud of you guys. I will be there. I can't wait. I hope our whole community shows up and uh, celebrates all of these things with our kids. Awesome. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you.